Off the heels of our biggest and most controversial episode of all time, I just want to say thank you to everyone who check us checked us out, all our new subscribers. Thank you to all the Leaf fans for all your great commentary, all your feedback. Absolutely loved it. Special thank you to all you Montreal Canadiens fans who absolutely barbecued me. <laughs> For my take on Austin Matthews not being able to overcome Philip Deneau, they were very, very upset with me, Ryan. Rob, did you know that Phil Deneau was fifth in Selkie voting two years ago? Did you know that both Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid have said that he... Oh, no, no, sorry, excuse me. Sidney Crosby and Nathan McKinnon have both said that he is the most... Not one of the most underrated player in the league yeah we're just we're just a bunch of idiots yeah we are we're we, stupid apparently we don't understand the defensive I mean, prowess of philip to when I, you're paid 11 million i guess i guess somewhere in the contract it says unless you play phil to yeah. then you can just mail it in every media outlet can proclaim you the second best hockey player on the planet and i just want to say to like habs fans like you won the, you know what i found really telling the amount of Montreal Canadiens fans who, like, you won the series. Like, you won. We came on, on on our last episode and roasted our own team. Yeah. And they just still feel the need. Like, they have such a complex. They still feel the need to come on and be like, typical Leaf fans. With that, We got that one a ton. Like, arrogant Leaf fans. We got, and it's arrogant. Like, yeah, I know. What the hell was that? What was arrogant about that? I don't know. Anyways, moving on. That's enough about the Montreal Canadiens. So how are you feeling? We are a few days removed from what I have been calling the greatest collapse in Toronto Maple Leaf history. It's been a dark week. I've been a Maple Leaf fan for as long as I can remember. Like since I was a little kid, same with you. And I have never, ever seen the fan base this angry and upset. And so how are you feeling? Honestly, I'm feeling a little like like it's it's that a heartbreak off the start, and then I just get a little numb after. Yep. It's like I want to hear all their press conferences, everything they have to say, and we'll get into that. And but it's just like I, I almost have to like step away from it for a second and be like, that sucked. Yeah, it was awful. What did we just watch? Like I. Like I said, the greatest collapse in Toronto Maple Leaf history. Yeah, right. That that's exactly what it was, man. It was just brutal, and and it's not something that we can get over. Like we said last episode, there's no more excuses. That's nope. why people are pissed off. Oh no, I I watched two press conferences this week where I heard plenty of excuses. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I just I we're just gonna see what happens. And clearly, from those press conferences, it sounds like nothing's gonna happen. So, okay. So yeah, we've been alluding to it. Let's get into it. So earlier this week, Brendan Shanahan, Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keefe all spoke um, just to get this out of the way. I thought the Sheldon Keefe one was definitely like the, mo- the least interesting one of the bunch. Um, 
I just weren't really wanting to hear him explain the power play. Oh, and wow, what 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 could he say about yeah. that? Well, speaking of the power play, there was that rumor that came out earlier this week that Mitch Marner said was quote absolutely not true that he refused to play in front of the net or below the goal line on the power play. Your thoughts on this rumor? I, I as much as we're on Marner, I, I don't see him. Like, come on. I, I think that's a little ridiculous. He doesn't strike me as that type of dude. We're not talking about Aaron Rodgers here. No. For all you NFL fans out here, that's something he would do. I don't know if Mitch Marner's in that camp of saying, I'm not going to do something. It's true. Okay, so let's get into it. So first up, we had Brendan Shanahan. And it appears, you know, the last the last few off seasons, there's been buzzwords, right? In the past, we've heard things like leadership. We've heard toughness. We've heard like experience, lessons, what have you. We found out pretty quickly in the Brendan Shanahan news conference what the term of this offseason is going to be, killer instinct. The Maple Leafs are lacking killer instinct. Um, I'm just going to be completely honest here. I thought Brendan Shanahan came off horribly in his news conference. I thought he, I, I, I did not, I mean, he said all the right things, but it just listening to his, Observing his demeanor and listening to his tone of voice, I, it was not somebody who I thought exuded confidence. Um, one thing that he said, like I expected this from Kyle Dubas, but one thing that Brendan Shanahan said that really disappointed me was, you know, these are these are important lessons that teams go through, Ryan. You know, forget the fact that it's been five years. Yeah. These are important lessons that teams go through. To me, it sounded like a guy who knows he's in the soup. Like he knows he's in the soup, man. Yeah. Like we we were on here last episode talking about how you should get fired. You flat out said he should be fired. And dude, but like how many times have me and you got on our knees and gave Brendan Shanahan a little bow? Like yeah. we 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 bowed to this guy. But man, you're you're in hot water. Killer instinct? Where was your killer instinct when you were trying to sign your top stars and got absolutely bent over yeah. and just screwed your team for the next couple of years? Yeah. He just he looked like a guy who was, he was nervous to me. Like, I, I don't know what type of nervous, but it, you just know that he was uncomfortable and that's all he really could do was come out and try to back his team because I'm sure if you injected some true serum in him, I would love to do that because I don't know if that's the way he feels. But what he's the president of the team. His, his franchise got absolutely embarrassed in front of the whole sporting world. He just looked like an idiot, quite uh, frankly. There have been rumblings here and there this week that MLSE um the most interesting one I heard is that MLSE is questioning if they're getting the return on their investment like they've invested so much money into that front office the sports science department and like I think we all as Leaf fans need to understand that like this franchise leaves millions of dollars on the table by not advancing in the postseason like it is it is it's a lot a lot of money Another thing he said, too, that I kind of was like, uh, is when he was like, you cannot give up on players that care as much as these players care. And what the hell does that mean? But I'm sitting here going like, Brendan, like, I just watched seven games of Mitch Marner, like, shying away from any and all physicality. Like, what, what are you talking about? Like, I literally just watched the guy. Like, there's there's a clip floating around on Twitter of game seven, the puck goes on the half wall of their own zone. Half wall. 
Marner's going in to get it. Gallagher is right behind him. And what does he do? He steps out of the way to allow Gallagher to get the puck and skate away with it to avoid the hit. So it's like, don't sit here and tell me that these guys care. I just watched a team who was down 3-1 all of a sudden put their big boy pants on and start caring a lot yes. more than your team yes, did. Yes, exactly. In a team that was less talented on paper and a team that you dominated in the regular season. They started caring and look what happened. Look, look what they're doing now. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. you're they, done. They're, they're the favorite to to go to the, they're the favorite. As far as I'm concerned, I, I, I haven't watched much of it. Watching it, quite frankly, makes me feel sick to my stomach. You know what makes me sick to my stomach? What? Listening to Mark Shifley suspension. Oh, talk. I know. I know. That's brutal. I know. But whatever. Um, like, and and to clarify, what you mean by that is like it's just like it goes on and on and on and on and on. And it's like, is he gonna get suspended? Should he get suspended? Is he gonna get Dude, suspended? There is nothing. Then he gets suspended, and it's like, what do you think of the suspension? Was it for enough games? But it's just like, oh my god. Like, Not to get off topic here, but there's nothing that gets the hockey world all boned up <laughs> than a, a suspension talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, all the bones are coming out like... for the suspension talk, buddy. <laughs> You oh every radio station like, today they were still talking I know, about I know. it. What because that's All what I day. said. That's what I said. They laid down the suspension. So now instead of just going, oh Mark Shifley got suspended for four games, it's four game suspension. Is that enough? What do you think? Do you think it should have been more? Do you think it should have been less? Do you think it should? And it's just like oh my god, guys, this like, yeah. please shut up. Let's talk about like if we if we're talking hockey, let's talk about how the Colorado Avalanche look like the best team I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, like let's talk about that. Uh, yeah. All right, anyways, moving on. Let's talk about Kyle Dubas. Um, you mean Kyle Gubas? There's... This team and this management group comes off extremely unlikable. <laughs> and I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what I mean. No, I'll tell you what I mean by that. Um, they come off... It's like we as a fan base just watched you collectively poop in your bed for three straight games and they just come on and they have this like chip on their shoulder about like, well, we believe in each other. And if you don't believe in us, then that's on you. But you know what? We believe in each other here and I believe in these guys and we believe in this team. And it's like, dude, five years, five years. Yeah. Well, if you analyze this situation, it's going into those press conferences. They, they really had two choices. One, you go out and sewer your own players. Which Kyle is Dubas Kyle is not going to do. Yeah, is Dubas going to do that? No. No, he's not. Or you go out, you put on a collective front. We're going to learn lessons. But, We're all a team. But, but we they, care about our mental health. But they didn't say any of that, Ryan. Like, what I would have expected them to say was, you know... Like, we're going to take a look at everything, and as an organization, we have to be better and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, but that that's not what comes off. What comes off is, you know, we believe in each other here. And you guys, you might not believe in us, but we believe in us. And you'll all see. And it's like, okay, listen, I hope we do. I hope. But, like, it, that, that ship has sailed, yeah, my that, friend. That, that, that ship you. has sailed. Thank you. I what am I going to believe in you for another eighty two game season? I know. You know how painful it is to watch a Tuesday nighter when it means nothing. I know. You're going to make me go through that again just to get to the same place you were last year and 
probably shit the bed again and then come on again and maybe they'll be the same thing. And they gave, so they gave the merry-go-round at this point. So obviously since game seven ended and the series ended, probably even before that, there's been like high speculation in the fan base banging our fists on the table going like, you need to trade Mitch Marner, right? And they didn't do, they didn't say anything. I did not expect, Kyle Dubas has no track record of saying anything. Like, we literally watched Mike Babcock throw Patty Marlowe on the ice in at, at the end of game seven against the Bruins when they needed a goal to come back. And we literally watched Kyle Dubas go, that's on me. So, like, the dude's track record is to be a bit of a hero in these situations. But, like, I didn't, he did give them a vote of confidence. And I'm of two minds on this. Like I said, one, I don't think he's going to come out and say anything. Two, I just, okay. Let's take a look at at this situation as a whole, all right? You're in a situation where when you signed these big contracts, you signed them, and I've heard a lot of people talk about this this week, and I, I, I was really happy to hear it because this is kind of where my head's been going too, and it's always nice to hear other people sort of reaffirm what you're thinking. You signed these big four contracts with the assumption that the salary cap is going to go up. Which at the time, like right, right, we, we didn't. They didn't foresee a pandemic. To be and fair, and like everyone else in the world, you're completely caught off guard by a pandemic. Yeah, understandable. Yeah, okay. That's not the case now, and now you don't have a lot of money to spend. No. And we saw, like today, there's rumors all around going around today that like Zach Hyman's out the door. So yeah, let's. So. I want to get your take on this. So, like, you need money to play with. And we just watched them last season go and sign this guy for seven fifty, go and sign this guy for a million, go and sign this guy. And then what did we learn at the end at the end of it all? That like if your core isn't gonna make you go, you're not going anywhere. I look at Kyle Dubas and Brendan Shanahan, and I think. There's no way these guys are that stupid. Like, there's no way you can look at going into next season back into the Atlantic Division where you have three for sure playoff teams, two fringe playoff teams in the Habs and the Sens, and then yourself, who, based on the other teams in your division, I would put as a fringe playoff team going into next season. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, and I think Dubis, who we always joke at that he's the calculator boy and loves the skill, I think he went into this year embracing the philosophy that a lot of people pushed. Yes. Veterans, and he, toughness. We, let's let's make it hundred percent. We complimented him all yes, year. Yes, we thought we both thought he had a great season. So you go into the playoffs, you have a great year. You go into the playoffs, you're expecting a different result with a different type of group that everyone's been asking for. That he like probably he changed his mind on it. And he full on believed in. Yep. So you go into the playoffs, you have high expectations, and then you realize that, wait, if my top players aren't producing, then we aren't doing anything. And I think he is so messed up right now because he just totally believed in that. And now it's just gone. Well, he came out and now his star players that he's going to sit and defend look like complete dinkuses. Well, you, but that's the thing. So he came out and defended them. And I think a lot of people took that as like gospel. And like, I saw so many people after that who were like, oh, core four is coming back. And again, I'd like to believe that Kyle Dubas isn't that stupid because 
I'm about I'm about to I'm about to throw something down right now. Okay. If you run it back with the core four, we're gonna be sitting here at this time next year talking about who are they hiring as the next president? Who are they hiring as the next general manager? Who are they hiring as the next head coach? Okay, so let's Okay, what's the alternative? Like here, here's the here's the next part. It's like, can we understand that? We understand that they they can't run it back. A lot of people, we think they can't run it back. So what is the solution? You go out and get rid of a guy, try to get another guy in. Because if you go and get rid of a guy in the regular season, you're you're going to decline. I know Mitch Marner sucks, but you still got to make the playoffs. Even though I'm not happy with Mitch Marner at all. It's but if you're getting rid of one of those dudes, that's salary retention. That's getting probably nothing of the same back. And so it's like, I, I can see why people are like, you can't get rid of them. I, I, that, that's the big question. It's like, where do you go from here? Like, honestly, it's easy to sit here and say, we need to get rid of a guy, but what is the alternative? What is the solution? But I, okay. So I think, so I think you even bring it back. So you bring it back even at one step before that. So before you even sit and say, we need to get rid of a guy. You sit down and you evaluate. I'm going to ask you, right? You and I are sitting at a table right now. We're, we're sitting here. We got the, like, you and I are running the Toronto Maple Leafs, right? I'm going to look at you and I'm going to say, Ryan, do you think Mitch Marner can ever play the way we need him to play and change his game to play in playoff hockey? Do you think if we give him some more time, he'll get there? Or do you think... No, this is who he is, and he's just going to ghost you every April. I think this is who he is. I, I think That's I, how I, think I feel I, too. I think I'm at this point now where I don't see him ever getting to that level of the way David Pasternak gets when he gets in the playoffs. You know, like I just don't, I think we've seen enough now. I, I don't want to judge the guy personally because I don't know him. But from just his media conferences and his body language and the way he plays in the playoffs, I'm kind of at the point now where I don't think he's ever going to get to April and absolutely light it up. I I don't. I'm actually, I'm at that point now. So where this conversation then goes is, so we've decided as the pseudo Leafs management team in this episode that we don't think Mitch Marner can get to where he needs to be to play playoff hockey. So then you turn and you say, okay, so what do we got to do? We got to try and move him out. I think you f- you look at the reality of the situation and you say, we're not going to get anybody close to his like talent level back for him. But full circle, we're in a pandemic, or we're coming out of a pandemic, excuse me. We thought that the cap was going to gradually rise. It's not. So we need to open up some room here. So your goal is cap space. That's, that, that's what you're looking at. Yeah. You're not looking at to get Seth Jones no, back. No, You're looking to move a guy out. The thing is, though, they're not, I don't think for a second that they're getting that money all back. Like, they're going to have to retain something. Well, no, no. So, so. But it's not, it's not, they're probably going to have to take a bad contract back. That's yeah. the thing. Instead of having to retain money. Like you're not getting that full. No. Doll, like that's what but, I think but, that's where people kind of get lost. It's like, you're not getting that full thing back. Like you're going to have to, you might get like half of it, which is big in hockey. Like 
an extra five mil laying around. Yeah, hell, like that that you can do something with that. But I mean, you're not getting that whole thing back. You're not getting all that money back. No, you're not. But there are people who argued whether committing so much of your salary cap to four guys would work in a regular scenario where the cap is gradually increasing. You can't, I'm sorry. Like, I don't think you can win with this much money committed to four guys in a flat cap world. And Ryan, it's not like you got like one more season. It's going to go back up. This thing's probably going to stay flat for the next few years. I mean, I'm sure someone might correct me on our next YouTube video, but I don't think there's there's no precedent of a team loading up guys with their cap, four dudes, three dudes, whatever, and being successful. No. Because um, when all those Blackhawk teams were in the cup, they none were loaded because yeah, no. they weren't making 10 well, schmill. And look at what look what's happened to the Blackhawks since K, um, Taves and Kane got paid. It's just like it, there's there was no there was no it was so hard because like you don't want to lose them, but then they were just in a situation where they just were in a negotiation that they couldn't win. Like no. I, it's just I think the right like everybody knew when those contracts were signed that it wasn't going to work. But Leaf fans, we can put away our analytical the way we look at the team when we're watching the game. Like we just want them to win a playoff series. But that's the thing, man. The bar. That's it, like not to get sidetracked, but like this whole attitude of like, well, we believe in us. It's like, dudes, the bar is so low. Yeah. Like all we want is for you to win a cover bus. Like, like I've heard, I've heard people compare this to like the Raptor teams with like DeRozan. It's like that team made it to an East final. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. This team can't win. Yeah. Copper bus, buddy. Yeah. Next time I hear copper bus, <laughs> freaking rip this banner off the wall. <laughs> kidding me? Copper bus. I know. What a round for God's sakes. I know. Oh man. I know. We're still still super angry. So, anyways, back back to what what we were talking about. I think that you have to explore trading a core piece to open up some cap space to A, give you some room to maneuver because you have no money. And B, change the DNA of your team. I like, I'm sorry. Like, there's a there's a scenario where they could go out and do exactly what they did last year. Bit pieces. 750 for this guy. One five for this guy. Million for this guy. League minimum for that guy. I, if they do that, and it sucks for us as as a fan base because it's essentially wasting another year. But I believe if they do that, like I said, we will be sitting here this time next year and we will be talking about. Who's the rumored guy to replace Brendan Shanahan who got fired two days ago? And Kyle Dubas is on his way out too. I think they're kind of in a lose-lose situation here. I, you can go out and do that. You can get rid of a guy, try to find some other dudes. But I think Leaf fans, like you're right, the bar is so low that we watched 10 years of absolute crap. Like just crap. Like not even a sniff of a round at all. And now you're in an era where you kind of go into the season feeling like you're going to get there. And then when you think you're going to get there, all the stuff that happens the previous year in the playoffs goes all away. And you got wishful thinking and you're all positive And you think if this happens, if that happens, then maybe they'll win around. Maybe they'll do something. And I feel like getting rid of Mitch Marner scares people because of that. It's like you get rid of a guy like that. Who's going to replace him? Someone's not going to replace him at his talent level. So what do you do? Go back like 
that's going to make them worse. So yeah. like, it's just it's. But at the same time, I can't watch that but, again. But, but will it? Will it though? Like, if you look at the Montreal Canadiens, like on paper, they pale in comparison to the Leaf team in terms of talent. Paper my ass. I'm so no, no, tired no, of hearing true, that. But it's true though. Man. But it's true though. Like on on in terms of talent, paper means nothing. But exactly, that's the point I'm trying to make. I know. Look at just... them in the playoffs. Look at them. Like they're they like. Bergevin, who we all make fun of, kept saying all year, we're built for the playoffs. And look at them. They're the favorite at this point to come out of the Canadian division. But they weren't built. Like, this series should have been over. Yes, yes. That's the thing that pisses me off. It's like the Montreal Canadiens which, seem like legends right now. Which, which, like, I come back to it, Ryan. You're not this core group of guys. I'm sorry. Watch that clip. Seek that clip out on Twitter that I keep talking about where Marner sidesteps a hit. I, I saw it live. This is this is the guy that you're banking on? Like you you think he's gonna come back next year and be any different? It's not. It's not. Yeah. I... Dude, it this... makes me sick. It makes me sick that yeah, they this, lost. This is this is disgusting. Yeah, like it... now it now it's like it's gone beyond the core now. Now I'm looking at management again yeah. and what is the another management cycle yeah, in I this know, I know. goddamn city <laughs> I like know. i'm so tired of it man. like they better figure something out and figure out quick because i agree with you if they go out and just poo the bed again like it's get out of here if, they're listen, gone listen listen if, if kyle dubas and brendan shanahan really say to themselves we're gonna go down with the ship here like we're gonna go down with these four guys that we signed you deserve what you get. You deserve to be looking for new jobs at the end of next season, in my opinion, because the evidence is right there. You just saw it. It's com- right in front of you. The The way this team has been built is flawed. It's not entirely your fault. There was a pandemic. It, like you, we just, you got to pivot here and you got to make a big move and you got to try and change the DNA of this team. And you got to hope that like, if you look at some other deals they could make, like I, I, the more, I think about it, the more potentially moving Morgan Riley with one year left on his deal and potentially getting something back for him makes a lot of sense to me. Like, cause like Anderson's gone, he's walking. You're not going to get anything from him. Hyman. If he signs somewhere else, he's walking. You're not going to get anything from him Hmm. for him. So you look down the roster and you're like, okay, who do we have that we could trade? Um, that other teams are going to want and we could get something back for to me. It's almost like a, it, it it almost dude. It, I know it's not, but it kind of sounds like a rebuild, man. Yeah, well, it, like it literally, like, what, the way you're talking right now, to me, from my perspective, it sounds like you're talking about a rebuild. It's it's a re it's I wouldn't say rebuild. Like, it's that, a retool. Yes, that's the term. But I would like, use. but like when you're shipping out your top players, like you're not getting top players back. Well, you're getting yeah. picks. You're getting guys with bad contracts. Like it, dude. It kind of sounds like a a rebuild. Well, you gotta hope again. <sighs> To me, there's like like think about the roster right now, top to bottom, and think about guys they could have that they could deal. That um, I, I've I've heard crazier. I've heard two people this week say you could make Riley available to the Kraken, and then he just comes off your books, and there's his salary there to play with. Yeah, but he's not even a. <sighs> I think he makes decent money for what he does, though. No, but he's got one year left on his deal. I know. Yeah, I know. It's just, and, and like, 
I don't even want to talk about the Hyman thing with the, the Hyman, what they've offered him and what he wants. It's when I heard that he wants you, you, you tell it, you, you, you articulate. So it. basically it, it, we don't know if this is hundred percent true. The tweet was taken down and was ever, but there was a story was today. Taken down. It was taken down. Yes. And I need to be more informed. So there was a story today that this is, this is relatively new. There was a story today that the Leafs offered him 5 million AAV and he said no. And Chris Johnson, who we have praised on the show numerous times and believe that he is the most plugged in guy. He is not confident that Zach Hyman will be in a leaf Jersey next season because a team like the Edmonton Oilers is going to throw like 6.5 at him. And if you're Zach Hyman, 29 years old and the Edmonton Oilers are going to come and say, here's six and a half over like seven years. You're taking that. You're taking that all day. Guaranteed money. Yeah. And then the, if, but like, it's a big problem too, because say that is true. Say the rumor is true. Zach Hyman, you offer him six and a half million dollars. There's just another, there's another cap hit. Yep. Like, yep. what do you do? Yep. Like, wh- what do you do? You sure. you keep signing other fringe guys. Like Zach Hyman's not a part of the core. Like, he's been around the whole time. He's a great hockey player. We've sung his praises. We've done episodes about him. I've per- like professed my love for him. <laughs> but dude, you keep you keep putting six and a half million dollars on the book for other dudes. It's yeah. <laughs> it's dude, a mess. They're, they're, it's they a are, mess. They are effed. But no, like, but this is screwed. See, like, this is what, like, you, so I've listened to s- every sports radio show, podcast, you name it, and you just had the moment that everyone, at least once this week, has had where, like, you take a step back and you look at it big picture and you're like, they're screwed. This is a mess. Yeah, this is a mess. Dude, oh, oh, I'm almost talking myself back. They They almost have to run it back. Because it's it like I I don't want them to, but they might not have a choice. Like it's what are you gonna do if you trade dudes? If you trade those guys away, you're doing a rebuild. Like that's what this whole episode, the way we've been talking, what you're gonna get for those dudes. It sounds like a rebuild, but then you start signing guys like Zach Hyman for six and a half. It's you're screwed. You can't. Yeah. Who's your depth? Yeah. You have no depth. Yeah. They're screwed, man. They're done. <laughs> like, they're, <laughs> Yeah. I thought I'd come out here and have a great take on what they should do, and all I've realized is they are just absolutely screwed. Yeah, yeah, like, it's a, yeah, it's a disaster. It's a disaster. They all, like Brendan Shanahan and Kyle Gubis almost need to, like, I I almost kind of understand why they're putting all their eggs in the core basket because what else are they gonna do? What, what else are they gonna do? Because if you start, I think, I think, I think oh. you try, I think you try and explore every option you can and hope that some team just gets really enamored with Mitch Marner's regular season numbers and gives you more than a, a team that needs scoring. Like, you know, there's, there's a lot of teams in the league that need scoring. So but that's a big contract, man. There's not a lot of dudes in the league making that money. So basically at the end of this episode, we've pretty much deduced that they're screwed. And this is going to be a a long, hard off season for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and to be a lot of tough de- decisions on guys like Zach Hyman. And then not only that, you got to look at your core and <laughs> yeah, decide what you're going to do because it's not looking good. No, it's not looking good at all. Um, so that's going to do it for us this week. Um, huge thanks everybody, all our new subs, welcome aboard. Um, for the summer, we're going to kind of do sporadic shows here and there when there's news and something worth talking about. We, for all the newcomers, let's cut our promo. 
What it, the talking buds doesn't do what, Ryan? We do not, and I say do not, deal in hypotheticals. So if you're waiting for an episode for us to come on here and start saying they should trade for this guy, should they tra- should Martyr for do Seth Jones? Yeah, yeah. Martyr like, for Eichel, straight up. I'll come on here and start saying what I think they should do, but I'm not going to come on here and start throwing bro, bro, actual. Marner and Eichel, straight up, I've bro. seen that way too many times this week. Come on. Like, money people. for money. God. Um, oh, you, you know another thing, too, that's driving me nuts, if I may? The Taylor Hall crowd. Just look at what he's doing in Boston. It's like, dude. Look at Boston's top line. Look at Brad Marchand. They literally, I'm listening to Overdrive tonight, and they're literally having a conversation if he's one of the most clutch players ever. Yeah. And it, there's so much evidence to support that. And Patrice Bergeron is the most underrated hockey player to ever play the game. And like he's David Pasternak goes without saying. They're absolutely um, disgusting. They're so good. So when there's actual news to talk about, we will jump on here and talk about it. We'll like hopefully there is some interesting stuff and we'll continue to like tee up the Next season, uh, the next 82 game stretch. And yeah. Um, thanks everyone for, for downloading, checking us out on YouTube. If you like what you see, head to our Instagram at talking buds podcast, like subscribe, tell your friends. We really appreciate it. We'll catch you guys next time. I'm Jeff Woods and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.